Hi everyone, welcome to HubShots episode 224. In this episode, we talk about the power of pillows, new Google Analytics rollout version 4, HubSpot workflows for internal notifications, using call outcomes for sales, plus many more exciting things. You're listening to Asia Pacific's number one HubSpot focused podcast where we discuss HubSpot tips, tricks, and strategies for growing your sales, marketing, and service results. My name is Ian Jacob from Search and Be Found, and with me is Craig Bailey from Zen Systems. How are you, Craig? Yeah, look, I'm good, well rested, and I've had a great night's sleep thanks to, yes, listeners, you heard this right, the power of pillows. And watch or listen as I turn an, a personal anecdote and and make it related to marketing, okay? So bear with me here. So Ian, you've, you've seen these TheraPillow pillows, haven't you? You've got one of these. I have. I bought some about a year ago. They're so good. Anyway, I'll just, I'll just give the context. Last night, my wife and I had fantastic night's sleep and we give all the credit to our new pillows, okay? So every few years we replace our pillows and my wife did a whole bunch of research about this a while ago and through trial and error, we finally got pillows that work for both of us. We've both got completely different pillows. And I've got this one that's got just the right neck support and it's got cooling gel and it's just great. And the reason I'm getting to this anecdote is that over time, the pillow gradually loses its firmness and it doesn't sleep as well. And as a result, my head tilts back a bit. It's not as well supported. I start snoring, which is terrible for my throat. And also for my wife's sleep, wakes her up. And it's terrible for my arm as well because she punches me to wake me up. (laughs) Stop snoring. Anyway, why am I saying all this? Well, you can probably see where I'm headed with this. It takes us a while to realize that our pillows are the problem. We've got it all working and then, oh, finally we're working. Oh, we should have replaced our pillows. They do. And we go back to great results. So the marketing takeaway from this, and I'm going to pick up on this a little bit later in the show as well, is to review all your marketing approaches, campaigns, ideas, and check they're still effective? Or have you just fallen into a habit where you've not noticed the gradual decline and one day you wake up and you're just not getting a good night's sleep, you're just not getting good results in your campaigns? It doesn't happen overnight, it happens over time. So is now the time to review all your campaigns? Now, listeners, on to our quick shots of the week. And here we talk about the Google Analytics version 4 rollout. Google My Business, adding more COVID measures that you can add. Cold calls. And what HubSpot has a video on how to make cold calls. Can you believe that, Ian? They've got they've got <laughs> training on how to make cold calls in an inboundy way, I'm sure. Ian, go the extra. We have got Christian... Wilg and Bill Hader lip sync scene. What is that, Greg? Yeah, look, for no good reason. This is um, a snippet from their film, The Skeleton Twins, where they do this lip sync. It's just great. It'll cheer you up. And it's got nothing to do with marketing. And it's from 2014. It's not even current. It's just that I laughed out loud and enjoyed it. You will too. And listeners, if you don't get the weekly email into your inbox, which has the full show notes so you can peruse it at your leisure and look at all the screenshots and click on the links that we give you, please go to hubshots.com and sign up. Now, Craig, onto our marketing feature of the week. And this is, we love workflows firstly, but this is about internal workflow notifications when deals win. And why is this important? Firstly, 
Yeah, right. So, and by the way, this is not new. Deal workflows are not new. What we're attempting to do, this came up in our, uh, just a daily catch up uh, today in our company. We're trying to automate as much as possible. So a, a deal is one. And then we want to notify certain people in the team to do certain actions, set up a project in teamwork, set up some Google Drive folders, set up various things. But it's not just the same person it goes to for every deal. We have separate deals, deal types, and some deals require some people to get involved and others, other people. So we're looking to use deal workflows to send internal notifications. And I just I just thought this might be a good reminder for listeners to all the options that are there. Got a screenshot in the show notes about our workflow from our portal with um, some workflow actions. And you can see there five that I've called out. So you can send an internal email notification. You can also send an internal SMS. You can send in-app notifications. You can send Slack notifications and you can create tasks. So we're finding that the, first of all, we send Slack notifications because everyone's on Slack all the time. And then also internal email is the second most popular, I, I think, for us. We tried creating tasks, but unless you're on the sales side, you don't really use tasks as much because we have a separate project management system that has tasks. Just a reminder, I think, to listeners that these are really powerful. And the other thing that we're doing is we're having certain custom properties on deals based on the type of deal. And one type of deal might go to a certain team, another type of deal to another team. So then we can use those as branches within the deal workflows to notify separate people. So it's not just a blanket company-wide notification to everyone. It can be very selective. And that's the power of automation. Just takes one extra step out. So Kylie wins a deal. She doesn't have to get on Slack and tell ask someone to do something. It's all automated. And it also means um, there's fewer errors. I've got a final screenshot there where you can see you're putting deal tokens into, say, a Slack notification as well. So very powerful, very simple to use, and very effective. And listeners, I'll say we use something similar, and we set this up for customers too. And another option that will be available there if you've linked Asana is you can create Asana task for internal project So that's something we do quite often. So that's one option. And I'll tell you with the SMS option, the one that I love, Craig, and this is more to do when people first inquire. I always tell our team, make sure you've got, or sales teams, make sure you've got your SMS, your telephone number pre-filled in your account. So in your profile, so that we can trigger SMSs. So especially when sales teams are on the road and they need to get notified that someone has inquired or has asked for something, you they can get to it straight away. They understand that that's maybe important and we can trigger that SMS to make that happen. And onto our HubSpot sales feature of the week, Craig, and this is to do with call outcomes. And why I want to highlight these was we were reviewing our weekly sales with a customer. We were looking at the team and we were looking to see how effective we're tracking call outcomes or see where the holes are. Now, over this year, as things have changed, we've added some new call outcomes because people are sometimes not in the office. So, I'll, like an often one that they would do is they would leave a message with another contact. So, this might be somebody else that they might know or who might maybe even answer their phone in their in their absence. And another one that came up quite often was they got the gatekeeper and that's not a standard option. So, they wanted to track to say, were they getting stuck at this point or were they actually getting through? So that's the first thing. Before you go on, can I just ask you about one of the options, one of the outcomes you've got in your screenshot there? You've got mm-hmm. wrong number. Mm. 
as a call outcome? Like, why is yeah. that there? So, let's say someone has left or they moved and that number is no longer for them. Or maybe it was uh, input incorrectly, which has happened a few times because they've transferred data from one system to another and someone's mistyped. So, they're able to then follow that up with a task to actually go and figure out why the number was wrong. Right. Because I was wondering, well, why wouldn't you just fix that up? But I suspect it's going to feed into your next part. Correct. And that is the next part. And then this all ties into the sales reporting. And we were looking at the sales reports and trying to understand activity by team because now with our current situation, a lot more calls get made on a weekly basis. And so we're trying to better understand who are the team members that are getting through, who are the team members who are leaving voicemails more often, and these other new ones, like are they getting blocked by the gatekeeper or are they leaving a message with another person within that business? You'll probably see in there there's no value as well, which is not a good, which is not good, but it's just understanding if there are lots of no values, why is there no values? Maybe it's not an option that they could easily select. So on a weekly basis, we review this and we think, well, is there other outcomes that we need to measure that don't fit into this bucket? And what was really interesting in reviewing this and talking to the different salespeople on the team was going, understanding that some people did, took certain actions or logged certain call outcomes based on their understanding. So I'll give you an example. Some of them said, oh, I put it as I had no answer as opposed to saying connected because I didn't want to leave a voicemail on the first time. Versus somebody then logging saying if I if, if they got there if they got through and they had the option to leave a voicemail they put that option say or they put uh, we didn't connect at all so it made it really interesting to me was being really clear on what these outcomes mean in a sales team so if you for example say you call up and then you say on the first attempt. I chose not to leave a message, but I actually got through, I got, I got to their voicemail, then maybe that needs to be collected as some data of what's going on, as opposed to just saying, I didn't get them or I didn't connect with them. And that's where I thought there needs to be a consistency of language. And I just wanted to highlight that because I'm sure other teams are also out there thinking, oh, if it says they didn't connect, they didn't connect but it could actually mean that they chose not to do something. I think that's really important. And I think your screenshot shows that very clearly because I was looking at those two bars going, oh, they're almost the orange and the purple are almost an inverse. And you've explained why. It's because people's definition of no answer was different. One was no answer and the other was no answer but voicemail option. But yeah, I think that's interesting. Never be afraid to ask the question, listeners, because... You never know what the thought process behind what someone is doing. And this relates to sales, but also to marketing. Why did we do a certain thing? And if we understand that, the better we can report and the better outcomes we can get. So, what are you going to do for that, by the way? Are you going to create two? Because one of the options is left voicemail. Are you going to create two options? Went to voicemail, left voicemail, went to voicemail, didn't leave voicemail or didn't leave a message. Thinking about it, Craig, I think that is a really good solution. I actually was, I didn't think of that outcome, but having talked to you now, I think that's a really good way to measure this. Yeah, no, that's really cool. Now, we usually have a section of the show, we have a stumper of the week, but this week we have no stumper. So, if you guys have something that is unanswered or you can't get through, 
please email us, reply to the email that you get on a weekly basis, uh, message us on LinkedIn, and we'd love to help you out. There was no stumper, but I was stumped and it was solved. So it was the HubSpot solved my stumper of the week. And this is another call out to HubSpot support who are so good. And in particular, shout out to Rebecca. Thanks for helping me earlier. I'll just explain what the stumper was. You know, you can set up custom analytics views in HubSpot. Yes. So folks, if you don't know, you can go on to settings. I think it's traffic and analytics or something like that. Wherever the tracking code is, you can set up views and these apply to some of your reports. So in our portal, we have multiple brand domains and for some of the brand domains, we have multiple sites. And I was trying to create views for different sites of brand domain. So we've got zensolar.com, we've got zensolar.com.au and I wanted to create separate views for them. I couldn't work out how to do it. And folks, I'll just tell you now, this has such a simple answer, it's really embarrassing. But I've got a screenshot here in case you're the one other person in the world that has this same (laughs) problem that I had. You can see the views and I couldn't work out how we could just I just wanted one particular domain. But the way they've got their filters is by subdomain, brand domain, top level domain, etc. Anyway, I was going around in circles, couldn't work it out, had a stumper, contacted HubSpot support, went on to their chat. And I didn't include this in the show notes, but I almost wanted to keep a screenshot where you can see the timeline. At about 6.26 p.m., I log the chat, and then 6.28, I think Rebecca comes back and just says, oh, you can do this, and it's so easy, because with the filters on views, you can have multiple filters. This is what I didn't realize. I thought you just had one filter you could set up, just a brand domain. She just goes, oh, I have a brand domain and a top-level domain, and so I've got screenshots in the show notes of those. It was so obvious. It was one of those, oh, no, I can't believe I'd. I had looked at it so many times, I just didn't see it. I totally missed it. She was very gracious. I got a screenshot of Rebecca's reply. <laughs> she was just like, uh, sometimes a fresh pair of eyes helps after a long day. So she's very nice. So with that in mind, I thought, indeed, listeners, if you've got a problem that you're struggling with, it's possible that it's just so simple and all you need is a fresh pair of eyes on it. And feel free to hit us up anytime if you've got a stumper no matter how simple you think it is, because it might just be. And by the way, it would make us feel good. I bet Rebecca felt good jumping on and solving that in two minutes and I've been spending, I don't know how long, it's too embarrassing to mention, trying to work it out. We would love to help you solve some of your problems as well. Wouldn't we, Ian? Absolutely, Craig. And now listeners, on to our HubSpot Academy course of the week. This is about creating customer journey maps, and it's a useful nine-minute overview by Adriti Gulati on how to create a customer journey map, and I'd encourage everybody to do that. Now, Craig, on to our marketing untip of the week. Do you see this? We've got a link in the show notes to this guy on Twitter who's put some photos of a direct mail campaign. So he's received this fly in the mail. And it's, uh, I forget what it was, blinds or something like that. Oh, no, patio doors. That's right, windows and doors. And it's got that handwritten message at the bottom of it. Yes. It's meant to look like real handwriting, but it's fake. But here's the genius of it. They've gone to such an extent to make it look authentic that on the back of the flyer, they've put that pen bleed, simulated pen bleed. So when you look it through, it looks like, oh, the pen's bled through the paper. It's all fake, right? It's just fake. And you can see, you can read the comments on it. People don't know whether to to admire it or be appalled. 
<laughs> just the level, the lengths people go to create fake authenticity in their marketing. So look, presented without comment for your enjoyment. All right, on to Insight of the Week, Craig. Leading up from our previous shot, do you compare your marketing results this month to your best work? So, remember at the start of the show, as you said, Ian, we chatted about, uh, well, remember that pillow anecdote that I turned into a marketing piece? And I said it's easy over time for it to degrade. One of the ways that that can happen is because all you do is compare to last month. And so... Quite often, that's easy to justify. If your results are down a little bit from last month, you tend to make excuses for it. Oh, seasonal. Oh, uh, change in some algorithm. Oh, the campaign changed a little bit. Easy to lose track of these incremental changes and reductions. So my comment here is, do you compare your results to your best work Do you actually make a benchmark of your best work and then compare back to that rather than just compare to last month? Because if you're not, it's easy to miss the decline. Two takeaways from here. One, have a benchmark. And every time you you improve on your benchmark, we celebrate, but keep that benchmark high and then compare to your highest, best results previously. And listeners, onto our HubShot's throwback of the week. And a year ago... HubSpot gave us the ability to create LinkedIn lead gen ads in HubSpot. And we know that this has been a bumpy ride over the years with the addition and the taking away and the addition again of this being added within HubSpot. And as we understand it, it's not HubSpot's fault, but due to changes from LinkedIn. And I think it takes two to tango, doesn't it, Craig? Well, it does take two to tango. That's right. It shows dependencies, doesn't it? If LinkedIn changes its API, or and, and by the way, I'm speculating, I don't know that for sure, but I know HubSpot were very keen to have LinkedIn ads in their interface and it was in there originally and then taken out. But yeah, that's right. But time flies, doesn't it? Because it's been back in and probably lots of people don't remember when LinkedIn was taken out, LinkedIn ads was taken out. Glad it's back in and it's become very integrated and quite a, quite a solid part of the advertising piece now. Now onto our resource of the week, Craig, and this is Microsoft's Beginner's Guide to JavaScript. Tell us more about that. Put your geeky hats on for this one. They've got a 51-part video overview of using JavaScript. Uh, it's on YouTube. You can check it out. Most of the videos are just a few minutes long. And, uh, of course, they refer to Code, which is their um, Visual Studio little um, coding piece for the JavaScript, which is excellent, by the way. We use that. Uh, Shout out to Tara, who uses that on the team. And thanks to Mari Hayes' newsletter, where she alerted me to that. And we've got a link to her newsletter as well. I'm a paid subscriber, but she's got a free version as well. You can check out. And lots of goodies in her newsletter. All right, listeners, on to our quote of the week. And this is from David Attenborough. And it says, stop waste, stop waste of any kind, stop wasting energy, stop wasting food, stop wasting plastic and stop wasting time. This is a precious world and each of us can use our actions and our voice to save our planet. And that's via his Instagram channel, which apparently was the fastest growing Instagram profile to get to a million followers. Really? He only joined recently. And uh, wow. have, you, have you seen his latest book? I've, I've just ordered it on Amazon. It's kind of his witness statement for the, the environment. He's in his 90s now. I think he's 94. He's, he's so good. And, you know, what a, what, what a remarkable life he's had and such impact. And, yeah, this is a great quote from him. 
Now, listeners, we've got some bonus links in the show notes, and this one is actually really interesting. It's how AI is powering Google and the search updates to include better spelling checks, put in passages and pages, subtopics, recognizing key moments in videos. And you would have probably seen that in some searches. I think, Craig, I sent you a couple of things in a search result, right? With key points in a video, which I find really interesting. And so this is a really interesting. And another thing that has launched is the new hum to search feature, which Craig and myself both tried. Didn't work very well. So listeners, if you can use that feature. I I, I really like the concept. You got that song that's nagging away you don't know what that song is and you just want to hum it and recognize it great idea it is if it worked maybe it's australia do you reckon i don't know well it did recognize the search result when we said uh what do we have to say you got to say what song is this what song is this yeah but before it would listen to my humming it It gave us the search results Mm. anyway listeners thank you for listening to this show we would love you to connect with us on linkedin and send us a note. Follow us on all of the social channels. And feel free to go to hubshots.com if you need any help or you know someone that needs help with HubSpot. We would love to help you out. Well, listeners, until next time. And Craig, until next time. Catch you later, Ian. Hey there. Thanks for listening to this episode of HubShots. To get the latest show notes, HubSpot tips and resources, sign up at hubshots.com. You can also book time with us to help you grow better with HubSpot.